Amen. Well, it's so good to be with you guys. First and foremost, let me say this. Um, as many of you know, uh, this past month, I was out of commission for a little while. Um, had some surgery on my ankle, and um, they did some reconstructive work. But thank you to each and every one of you that were praying for me. I felt it. Um, it, was, it, was a, it was quite the month. I'm trying to navigate and to get through life. As many of you know, they have surgery. But thank you from the bottom of my heart for your prayers. Um, I'm supposed to be in a walking cast right now. Some people that know me are like looking at me like, yeah, I'm not going to move. It's going to be awesome. I'll probably move a little bit. And uh, it just gets healed quicker that way. That's what they tell me. Move as much as you can. Get the blood flowing, right? Get the blood flowing. I'm getting the blood flowing. Amen? So we're going to have church this morning. I don't have very long. I got a, a little window here, but I, I got a message that we're going to finish up. I hope to finish up this week. If not, we'll bring it along next weekend. But I really hope uh, to tie up the Awakening series that we've been going through. If you haven't been here, um, check it out online. It, it's been a, an incredible series for us. Um, let me say this in regards to what we just did this morning. Um, as, the, uh, as the pastor of this church, one of the things that um, just churches myself could fall prey to is just going through the motions. Right? Show up to church, sing three songs, get the offering, receive the word, feed me, pastor, and then leave, right? Right? It's just the nature of sometimes just, you go through the routine. And, and I, I don't want to be a church that goes through routine. I'm convinced more than ever, three of us, amen. I don't want to be a church that goes through routine. I want to be a church that's sensitive to what the Spirit of God says and how we can move. Some of you that came up and got prayed for, man, I, I know God's going to do a work in your lives. And those of you that couldn't come up, we're praying for you too. And I know God's doing a work in your lives. But we're never just going to be about production in this church. Follow the order. Well, I'm, a, I'm an order guy. I'm a type A guy. Some of the people in the room know that very well. Um, but there's times and moments in the life of a believer in the church that we just need to pause and we need to thank God. And we need to bless God, and we need to honor God, and we need to allow God's spirit to wash over us. Amen? This is the church. If you want to be a part of this church, this is the church that's going to be like that. Amen? So I'm going to dive right into Scripture. Open up your Bibles to Daniel 3, verse 13. Let me give a background real quick, uh, just a heads up of where uh, this is at in this book of the Bible. Um, this is an incredible story we're about to read. We're about to read about three, three young men. Um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Some names. Those are some names. I think we're going to name our, all three of our boys. I'm declaring I'm going to have boys. I'm going to name them all Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. My wife will veto all of that, so we'll be good. But I would love those names. But these, uh, these three boys are incredible men of God. And what's happening right now is the people of Israel are, are in exile. They're, they're in exile because of disobedience. Long story short, they're in exile. And they're, they're, they're there, and, and they, they're, they're kings there that have risen up. And then the kings that are now ruling over the people uh, are declaring things to them, are telling things to them, are charging them to do things. King Nebuchadnezzar is the king of that time. For shortness, we're going to call him King Nebi. Is that cool? King Nebi. I love that. That's awesome. Um, we're going to call him that. He is the ruler of this time, and he has declared over the land that the people of Israel and his people that, listen, people, there's a statue, a golden statue, and when you hear the music play, when you hear the, the harp and the trumpet sound, when you hear the music, this is the king declaring this over this land. When you hear it, bow down on your faces to this statue. Bow. And if you don't bow, there's going to be some problems. We're going to have some problems up in here. That's how I believe he talks to those people back then. He says, do this. Isn't it funny that people will bow when man tells them to bow, but when we come to church or we come before the presence of God, the one that we should be bowing to, we hesitate a little bit. Man, stop fearing man. <laughs> fear God. Reverend fear. It's beautiful. These three boys, they had it. 
They knew the, the joy and the love and the peace of, of God. They knew who they were serving. They knew who was theirs, and it was God of Israel. And the music started playing, and the trumpet sounded, and those three boys, could you just imagine, in a sea of people, just stood. Stood. And this is where we pick up the story right here. You with me this morning? Daniel 3, 13 through 30. I got a lot of scripture I'm going to read really fast. Bear with me. Then Nebi, in furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. He brings them to them. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, to fall down and worship the image that I have made, well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. <laughs> That's a reason to bow down. <laughs> no, okay. Uh, and who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, mind you, these are boys. We need, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fire furnace. Talk about faith in God. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. Honoring still. But if not... Be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. That Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury and the expression of his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it was usually heated. And he ordered some of the mighty men of the army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men who were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, and their other garments, and they were thrown into the fiery furnace because the king's order was urgent and the furnace overheated the flames of the fire killed those men who took them up. Poor day for those guys. Just obeying orders. Dead. D-E-D. Dead. Those dudes are dead. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, true, <laughs> O king. He answered and said, but I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the burning fiery furnace. He declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God. A deep revelation for that man, a deep revelation. Come out, come out, and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire. First, uh, I'm going to jump down. To 28. And Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angels and delivered his servants, who trusted in him, who set aside the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own. Therefore, I make a decree. Any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb. Dude, chill out, man. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, whoa. Torn limb from limb. And their house is laid in ruins, for there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. Jesus, these are your words. God, this is your story, a beautiful story of obedience. God, may your spirit breathe out this word that you've placed in my heart the right way. May you open up ears to hear. May you open up hearts to receive. May adoptions of sons and daughters be in this place today. May obedience flow out of our lives as believers. Jesus, we need you more than ever today. We ask this in the name above every name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Amen. An amazing story, a crazy story. Imagine being there in that story, seeing that from a distance. I titled this message, Awakening, Obedience Awakens. Obedience awakens. Obedience awakens the kingdom within you. Obedience awakens the kingdom within you. I, I was a soccer player, as many of you know. That's partly why my ankle is the way it is and had to get fixed. And um, as a freshman at my university that I played at, I was only one of five uh, players from the U.S. The rest of them were all international players, right? As you may know, soccer internationally is big. It's a big deal. And those guys come out kicking a soccer ball at uh, zero days old. Those guys are amazing players of soccer. I learned a lot from those men. Five of them were from Argentina, and they were all seniors. And I, I actually, believe it or not, have some family uh, distant from Argentina, and we bonded really close, and I talked to them all about it. had no clue what. Anyways, we became friends very quickly. And I realized, though, that, you know, <laughs> I can understand when someone from the U.S. speaks to me very clearly. It's hard for me at times, at times. This is nothing else. Accents are strong, right? And it's the beauty of God's creation. It's awesome. But there was moments in this practices when those men would say something to me. Now, I'm kind of smart, kind of. I'm, I'm kind of aware. But there was a point in this game that we were playing in where they were screaming at me because I was a freshman. They were older. They wanted to win. I wanted to win. But they were saying stuff to me. And to be truthfully honest with you, I had zero clue they were talking to me. They were screaming in my vicinity, right? But I just thought they were mad. I thought they were excited. I thought they had all sorts of emotions. I had no idea that they were telling me something to do that was going to cost us the game. Why couldn't they just tell me in English? <laughs> they said it in their language, and they expected me to understand it. These dudes were nuts. I loved them to death, but they said something to me, and lo and behold, the ball is kicked to me. I look up, and I go to pass it to where I think the guy should be. There's no guy except the other team there. And guess where the ball ends? Thank you for that. In our net, we lose one nothing. High five, JP. That's going to be a long bus ride home for JP. And his, and, and, and. These men were speaking to me, and oftentimes when they would speak to me, it was in another language. I couldn't understand them. I didn't know their language. See, when it comes to the kingdom of God, sometimes we think the language of God is another language. It's not. It's simple. You know what he speaks? He speaks in obedience. He speaks for us to be people of obedience. The language of heaven is difficult to act out, but it's not difficult to hear. We all have a conscience. We all know when we're doing something right and when we're doing something wrong, right? This is an interactive church. I'm back. <laughs> Welcome. We know in our hearts of hearts when something is right and something is wrong. We know when we're doing something that is going to help or something that's going to hurt. We know the language of heaven. And I believe more than ever, God is constantly speaking to us and crying out, My children, will you obey me? If ever, if ever before, I believe it more than ever that the church of Jesus Christ needs to start walking in obedience. In obedience. You know, disobedience is a distrust in Jesus and brings debilitating faith results. Let me say that again. Disobedience is a distrust in Jesus and brings debilitating faith results. Some of you have walked in here today, and you know Jesus. You've accepted him. 
but you feel like you're in this rut, you feel like you're in this wheel and you just can't get out of it. Maybe, just maybe, it's because you're living in disobedience. Maybe, just maybe, when JP is struggling, it's because he's living in disobedience and not living in obedience to the kingdom of God, to his word, to what he says for me to do, what he prompts me to do. See, disobedience isn't just this. It's when God speaks to you and tells you something and you don't do it. Oh. When he tells you, hey, go speak to that person on the street that's down and out. And you're like, oh, I got it. Oh, man, I got dinner at 5 o'clock. I got, I got this afterwards. I got a movie to go see. I don't have time for that. And he's saying, hey, JP, stop in your tracks. You know, we only got one shot here. <laughs> Welcome to church. We got one shot. You don't get a second chance here on our life. You get one shot at this life. And we got one shot at this life to act in a radical obedience to the kingdom of God, knowing that he's going to see us through. Knowing that what his promises are yes and amen, that he that began a good work in me is going to carry it to completion. And so in that, I want to be obedient. Anybody want to walk in obedience? Anybody walk in obedience? I believe this more than ever that the church needs to rise up. See, when you disobey, when you, and I don't mean that condemning, hear me please. It's just the word. There's not another word for not obeying. Not obeying? Disobedience sounds harsh, JP. It's just a, it's the word, right? Can we all nod our heads? We're there. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's a distrust in Jesus. It's thinking that you're the king of your own castle, the commander of your own ship, the commander of my own ship. But notice that I didn't make this message awakening obedience. I entitled this message, Obedience Awakens. See, when you obey God, when you obey his word, when you obey what he tells you to do, when you obey the promptings on your heart, when you obey to him calling you home, when you obey, that's when you get an awakening. It's not backwards. You can't go serve somebody and God's telling you not to serve there. Some people are doing things for the kingdom of God and God never puts you there. He's calling you over there, but you feel more comfortable here. Oh, I'm you think, oh, this is still good. This is still part of God's kingdom. God didn't put you there. God's calling you over there, but you're too afraid to go over there, so you're going to stay here. That's disobedience. He's calling the church to rise up. He's calling us to rise up. And when you obey, awakening happens. Amen? I got five points. I'm going to fly. Five. Well, he should have three. He's praying for people in service. He has five points. I'm never coming back here. Huh. And you think I'm laughing. Some of you are like, really like... Five points, lunch, brunch, it's ready. This is important. Guys, I'm telling you right now, I'm a young guy. I'm 31. But man, if there's one thing that I know to be true, one thing I know to be true of God is that he operates with his people in obedience. Obedience. And today, the message of the church is just go do whatever you want to do. Jesus loves you. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. He does love you. But he wants more for your life. I said it on prayer meeting. Some of us walk into the kingdom of God. We receive Jesus and we get into the house of God. But you never go to another room of the house. You stay in that first room. You never go to the deeper things of God. You never go to the next room where he has more for you. This room where he has more for you. This room where he has something else to share with you. We never go there. Because obedience isn't a part of our life. It's not a part of our stuff. These three men were mighty men of God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, legends. The word legends, I use it all the time. These are legends. <laughs> These are men, that, they're boys. They're boys that I was like, man, if I'm their age doing this, I don't know if I'm going to do what they did. These men stood in front of a nation. Imagine that. There's like, what, 80 people here? A nation with the promise that if you don't bow down, you're going to go to the fire pit. 
<laughs> and they still stood up. And their lives were radically transformed. I believe when you're obedient, the kingdom of God becomes so aware to you. You become so attuned. You become so alive. You become so fulfilled, so satisfied, so pure. Obedience is beautiful. Obedience is beautiful. Amen? Five things. Here we go. First one is this. Obedience requires sacrifice. Obedience always requires sacrifice. We want Jesus, but we don't want to obey him. <laughs> we want Jesus to save me, but we won't want Jesus to tell us what to do. We want Jesus to provide resources when our bank account says zero, but we don't want to sacrifice for the kingdom of God. Sacrifice is required when it comes to obedience. These boys counted the cost. They knew who they were standing against. They knew that it was going to cost them everything. Do you realize this? They stood there. I believe they stood there and looked at each other and said, this is going to cost us our lives. Are you good with it? Are you good with it? All right. We're good. What a picture. We got people that are looking at the cost of your lives and you just see one thing that happens and you're like, I'm out. No. I want the good Jesus. The TV Jesus. Just give it all to me. No, obedience requires sacrifice. And these three boys stood there and said, we count the cost. We see what's up. But we know who our God is, so it's worth it. Sacrifice to yourself, to your plans, to your ideas, to your thoughts, to you wanting to be right. Can I be honest? Sacrifice sometimes is the idea of you not being right. Give, uh, receiving the peace that surpasses all understanding. If you want peace from God, then you've got to give up understanding. Requires sacrifice. Obedience never calls you to compromise. Sacrifice. Obedience never calls you to compromise. Sacrifice isn't a compromise. Can I be honest? Some of you think, and some of I, sometimes I think when I'm when I'm sacrificing something, when I'm giving something up, when I'm when I'm doing something for the kingdom of God, I just feel like I'm compromising some other areas of my life. Sacrifice is never compromise. It's confidence. Sacrifice is confidence. Confidence in the one who held you, who told, who created you from the beginning of time, who loves you, who knit you together. Guys, this should be awakening you. This should floor your spirit. This should wake you up. This is the good news of God and Jesus. Obedience requires sacrifice. They knew the pressure. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew the pressure. They knew it. They, without a doubt, knew the pressure of what they were doing. And you know what they did? They were more wanting the desire of God smiling down upon them than man telling them, listen to me. Are you content with God's smile or do you want man's smile? Do I want man's smile? Do I want the pat on the back? Do I want the high five? Do I want the... Good job. Yeah, that's all good things. We should celebrate each other constantly. But when it comes to the kingdom, do I want God's smile or do I want man's smile? See, obedience sacrifices sometimes you're not getting the smiles from men. People looking at you going, hey, I don't know. Mm, I'm not down with that. I'm not cool with that. Are you cool with it? Are we cool with it as a church? This is the reality of Christianity. This is the reality of the church. And you know what's awesome? They counted the cost. They knew that God was smiling. And they said, even still, if our God doesn't. Even if God doesn't, you know, they were sacrificing their own lives, and they still said, hey, we're going to do it because even if our God doesn't, this is what he's told us to do, so we're going to be obedient all the way to death. Even if he doesn't come through, some of you need to start coming to the faith and the belief that even if God doesn't come through for my finances, I'm still going to praise him. Even if he doesn't heal my sick one, I'm still going to praise him. Even if he doesn't bring me Mr. Right or Mrs. Right, I'm still going to praise him. Even if he doesn't, he's done enough. Calvary, 2,000 years ago, a cross, bloody, and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. 
Would you be willing to say, okay, this is going to cost me some sacrifice. This is going to cost me some stuff. But you know what? Even still, if he doesn't come through, I'm still going to walk in obedience because I know the prize that's ahead for me, and it's heaven. Woo! I'm ready for heaven. But I got some work to do here. Obedience requires sacrifice. Let me just say this, and we're moving on. If you think one day you're going to arrive when the big obedience task comes, when that call from heaven comes, and you know it clear, if you think that day when you are going to get married and you haven't acted in obedience, but you, got, you found that right one, and now you can start acting obedient, now you can start to act pure of heart and mind, and when that happens, yeah, all these things, you know what I'm talking about. If you think it's just going to happen the moment you get there, you're going to fall. Start acting obedient in the small stuff today. Start acting obedience in the little moments today. Start to build up little wins so that you can get the big win. Teams don't just show up at the championship game. they got to go through a season. Golden State, awesome team, amazing, amazing team, powerful team, have all the players. But guess what? If they didn't win the, first, the, the whole entire regular season games, they're not in the championship game. If they just said, hey, we're all all-stars, we're all the all-stars, we can turn it on right now when the playoffs comes, they'd be sitting on their couches eating popcorn watching the playoffs happening because they didn't win any small wins. Obedience requires sacrifice, so start being obedient in the small areas of your life and watch God take you to places and spaces you can't imagine. This is the story of us being awakened. The second thing is this. Your steadfast obedience might cause some heat around you. <laughs> Good news. Welcome to church. Happy to have you. Obedience might, might bring some heat. Better yet, can I say it this way? Sorry. Obedience will bring heat. These boys, <laughs> King Nebi, he says, turn the fire pit up four times hotter than it is. You want to talk about somebody being ticked off. That dude was mad. He didn't say one time, two times, four. I would be like, King, whoa, like, whoa, hey, can we go talk about this for a second? That's pretty hot. That's going to overheat you. Whoa, four times? You know, obedience causes some people to leave you. Obedience calls you sometimes to, to, to let go of others, not in a prideful way, not in an arrogant way. With the, the, the world of Christianity, sometimes we get a label that's just, oh, you're better than me. It's not being better than you. They're not going to take you to the place and the purpose that God has for you. So sometimes it requires you to let them go. Obedience will turn the heat up on you. Can I be honest? When you walk in obedience, people may not like you. You know what you do to them? High five them, bless them, pray for them, and walk. Stop going, oh my gosh, <laughs> I have nobody. You have a whole entire kingdom of heaven behind you, in front of you, next to you. You don't need anybody else. Man, he should have taken another week off and prayed and waited before God. He's yelling. He's yelling. No, this is the truth, though. Obedience will, will bring some heat. But you know what's also about these three boys? I just imagine them. They're, 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 they're being told, hey, the fire pit's going to be turned up four times. And I imagine them standing. Not a flinch. Not a flinch. Not looking going, Shadrach, yo, bro, should we think about that? Abednego, are we sure here? Have we, have we calculated everything? Are we, four times is pretty hot, bro. Like, are we sure? No, they, they stood there and were like, bring it. Bring the heat. Bring it. Because I know who's with me. I know my God's with me. I know that the, the abundance of heaven is with me. I know that the angel's army is in front of me, behind me. Bring the heat. Bring the heat. See, this is when Christian. can I be honest? I say it with a smile. 
This draws a line in the sand. Obedience draws a line in the sand. See, there's many people that love Jesus and I believe are going to get into heaven, but they don't live the life that God called them to live here on earth because they don't live in obedience. And when you get before heaven, you're not going to be held accountable for what you've done. You're going to be held accountable for the abilities that he's put inside of you and what he's placed inside of you. And if you don't walk in obedience, guess what happens? You miss out on what God's destined for you to do to change the world. Do you all know your world changers? It's not just me up here with my skinny jeans on and my black on. No, and the pastor. It's you. You interact, you see, you're around more people than I ever will be. And guess what? Your job is to walk in obedience. A walking in obedience is attractive. It's sexy. Yeah. My wife, whoo. You know why I liked her? <laughs> She's hot, but other than that, she walked up to me and she looked at me face, square face. I remember it, sandwich line at the university. She walked up all like bouncy in Rachel's esque way. She's like, hey, I'm Rachel. She introduced to me, just wanted that to be clear. She told me who she She couldn't deny it. She just, she couldn't. Sorry, this is, keep going. But you know what? I saw my wife. The first thing, conversation we said, and this is sorry for the personal story. She said to me, she said, hey, JP, I'll, I'll never love you more than I love Jesus. And, and, and above that, JP, Jesus has put a call in my life. Now I'm like, marry me, you know. Amen. Let's just go now. She says, I'll, I'll never disobey what Jesus has told me. You know how many times I've wanted to quit? How many times I've wanted to stop, but my wife has said, no, we're going to keep walking in obedience. We're going to keep going. You all want spouses like that? Start walking in obedience now. You don't have a spouse that is serving God? Pray and intercede heaven upon them and watch them begin to walk in obedience in there. Because you're walking in obedience. Obedience is attractive. It doesn't turn people off. Can I be honest? It doesn't. If you really see someone walking in obedience, their, their whole body should be just glowing with the presence of God. And it's like, whoa, what's up with them? I want to hang with them. I can't tell you how many guys and, and people have come into our lives that are far from the Lord. And they're just like, yo, I, this isn't a prideful thing, but yo, what's, what's up with you? I'm like, it ain't me, bro. It isn't. It's the kingdom inside of me, and I want to tell you about it. And they're like, man, you just walk day in and day out, step by step, faith by faith, moment by moment, knowing that obedience is what God's called you to do. Will you decide today, even if the heat gets turned on, will you walk in obedience or will you compromise? Will you say, no more, I don't care if my friends don't hit me up. I don't care if I don't get that text message inviting me. I don't care if I don't get all the likes on Instagram. I don't care. What I want is heaven to smile down upon me. Amen. Guys, this is going to take Oasis Church Chicago. And this is going to build it. Obedience is one of the foundations of our church. Too many people are losing out to the fear of men more than the fear of God. The third thing is this. Jordan, can you come on up so I can stay on time and sound a lot more spiritual than I am? The third thing is this. Obedience awakens protection. See, I would be a fool to tell you that obedience is going to turn the heat up and it's going to make you not be cool with everybody else. Good luck. Have a good day. Awesome. See you later. That's not the gospel of Jesus. Hello? That's not the gospel of our Jesus. When you walk in obedience and when the heat gets turned up, it guarantees that he's going to protect you. See, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that. 
They knew that the God of Israel was going to protect them. They didn't wonder. They didn't, they didn't think, oh, man, we need to have a meeting about this, to talk about this, to dialogue scripture, to figure out if it's in there. They just knew that their God was going to protect them. Will you stand up today and will you rise up in your faith going, you know what, I know the God of Israel is going to protect me. That Jesus Christ is going to be my protector. No man, no woman, but Jesus. He's going to see me through it. Obedience brings protection. There was a time when, when I gave counsel to, to an, a couple individuals and they were, they were in a relationship together. Right, and I got to brag about these people. They're amazing, but they were, the, they were in a relationship together. They were dating, and they came to, to me, and they said, hey, we're going we're gonna to go to this place together. We're going to go and just be on a trip together. They're not married. I could have said, yeah, go. Have fun. Enjoy it. Be in the moment. Just live in the moment. Be your best self now. What the? What is that? My truth, my best self. I said, hey, listen, can I, can I just speak to you for a moment? Just a moment, just a moment. I said, hey, listen, you can go and you can have this time and you can do this, but I'm telling you something. Satan will be at your doorstep, and no man or woman is above it. And I said, hey, maybe, just maybe, just be obedient in this moment and say, you know what, since everybody else bailed, and everybody, we're going gonna to stay put because we're not going to compromise. We're not going to compromise. I said to him, hey, eat, eat the cost, right? The trip's paid for, Pastor. Eat the cost. Eat it. And watch God not pour out the abundance of protection on you. You know what's awesome? They listen to advice. Not that we are some, like, superhuman, but we believe we walk in the wisdom of heaven. I pray for that in our church. But those individuals came back and they said, hey, we're not going to go. I was like, wow. All right, God, time for you to show up. And guess what? Next day, phone call. Bro, you're not going to believe what God just did for me. We didn't know how we were going to be able to afford X, Y, and Z. And guess what? God came in and provided supernaturally in ways we could never think about. Bro, this is real. Is this what happens when we walk in obedience? I'm not saying obedience is like a coin you put in, you get changed. But obedience built upon, built upon, built upon. God's like, yo, you're faithful. I can trust you. Yo, you're faithful. I can trust you. Yo, you're faithful. I can trust you with more. It's not, hey, just give it all to me. Now it's step by step, little by little. And it's beautiful. It brought the protection of heaven over them. I believe that they will one day be protected in all that they do. Little steps of protection. Jesus came in and said, hey, throw them into the pit. Put them in the pit. And I'm going to show up with them. <laughs> the fourth thing is this. Obedience will always awaken the power of Jesus to others. Oh, my gosh, I love this. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The king, Nebi, he's like, oh, guards. <laughs> um, did we throw three or four in there? Was there three guys or was there four? I'm just, clarity's sake, just help me. Help, help me. And they're like, no, king, there was, there was three. Yeah, there's three. Um, I see four. Anybody else think that's just, no, but me? Okay, praise the Lord. This is how I read the Bible. The Bible's awesome. There's four people. And didn't we tie them? Didn't we tie them up together pretty tight? Didn't we throw them in there? Didn't we, did, did it, guys, guys, did, didn't we? Yes, King, we, we did that. They're walking around <laughs> in a furnace. That's four times hotter. Don't try walking in a furnace when it's four times hotter. Just don't do it. Please don't be like the pastor told me to have faith, to believe, obedience. I'll go in the furnace. I didn't say that. 
They're walking. Walking. You know what I think they're doing? They're worshiping. Because guess who's there with them? It says the Son of the Most High, Jesus. I believe Jesus was in that pit with them. Whether you believe it's the Spirit of God, I believe that the Scripture says it's the Son of God. Who is the Son of God? Jesus. I believe their obedience awoken Jesus to get down there with them, to join them in a pit of fire and flame, and to join them with them and start walking with them. Like, yo, my, my boys, oh, let's just walk. Let's show the world. Let's show the world. Let's show the world. Let's show the world how good I am, how great I am, how mighty I am. I'm God. I'm the God of Israel. I'm the God of creations. I'm the God of yesterday, today, and forever. I'm God. So I'm here with you boys. Anybody else think this is awesome? He says, I'm going to awaken myself to you. I'm going to show up when you feel like I, uh, you can't take another step of obedience. I'm going to come to you at your lowest of lows. I'm going to come to you when you don't feel like you can pick yourself up. I'm going to come to you, and I'm going to awaken you with my power, and I'm going to walk with you. And guess what? Everybody else in that place now has to serve Jesus. Now has to be aware that there's a God in heaven who has a name, and his name is Jesus. See, obedience will always awaken the power of Jesus to others. Obedience. And the last thing is this. Obedience invites God's presence. See, Jesus showed up. That was the presence of God. See, God, God is omnipotent. He's everywhere. He's always around. But there's points in life where I've come to know something. This is, this is true. We're going to close with this. See, there's the presence of God, and then there's the manifest presence of God. That's a weird word, JP. That's a really weird word. It means where I believe in my life sometimes I know, I know, I know, I know that, man, I'm at a worse trial that some of you, man, if I, man, it's not about me. But where God shows up, he manifests his presence. He shows up and he starts walking with me hand in hand. Sounds weird. There's the weirdo pastor up there just telling people, he's walking with Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but it's the truth. If he did it in scripture, he's still doing it today because he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Amen? He still heals. He still restores. He still delivers. He still gives sight to the blind. I believe this about my God. But when you walk in obedience, the manifest presence of Jesus Christ shows up in your life. Your home starts to glow. Your neighbors, they'll see it because they'll be like, yo, what's that dude doing in there praying, walking around? Looking like, he looks a little crazy in there, but it doesn't look too I need to go talk to him. And he's going to show up at your door. He's going to knock and be like, what are you doing? And you're going to be like, I'm talking to Jesus. You want to join me? He's like, yep, I want to join you. Because guess what? This world is trying everything. This world is going after everything. This world is tasting everything. It's, it's trying everything. It's, it's walking in my truth and my obedience. And what I think it feels good is good. Whatever. That's not reality. That's not the reality. We've allowed it. And it's our fault. It's our fault as a church to not say, no, there's more. There's better. Not condemning, not pointing the finger, not telling them how wrong they are, but hey, there's more for you. We love you, but better yet, there's someone, Jesus, his name is Jesus, and he loves you so much more. Come on, let me show you. Let me show you the presence of my God. Anybody want to see the manifest presence of Jesus Christ in your life? I do. I do. I'm done. I'm wrapping it up here. Second close. I believe more than ever today, we got to walk in obedience. I hope this stirs your faith to go. See, obedience will, will cause you to let some things go. It will cause you to stop walking in the way you think. It will cause you to stop having fear, fear in your financial situation, fear if, man, you actually answered the call of God, how would we actually walk this life out? I, I apologize for all the personal stories, but I think the biggest thing that Rachel and I had overcome was that. 
God, you called us to plant a church in downtown Chicago. Are you nuts? I said that to God. <laughs> God, are you nuts? And he smiled. <laughs> he said, son, I'm going to walk with you when it's fire. I'm going to walk with you when it's stormy. I'm going to give you all that you need. I'm going to build your spirit up when you feel too weak. I'm going to walk with you. Just remain obedient to what I have called you to do. Don't look to the right. Don't look to the left. Don't look to man. Don't look to this. Just look to me. Keep your eyes fixed on me and watch me do what I promised I would do. Some of us today, it's time. It's time to start walking in obedience. Obedience to the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?